This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time now for Green Thumbs in Canterbury, out and about with the Canterbury Horticultural Society. from Canterbury Horticulture Society enjoying spring in Canterbury. Yes, we have. Isn't well, it, aren't the flowers beautiful at the moment? They are indeed. Um, much as we say we're in Canterbury, we've been stuck in, in Christchurch, haven't we? So, we have. You know, and in our that, backyards. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I'm sure it's beautiful everywhere. Yes. I'm just noticing I'm um, driving in today. Mm. Um, down past Harper Avenue, it won't be long in the cherry trees, cherry blossoms will be out. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. a, that's a lovely scene, isn't it? It's, it's only yeah. sort of so ephemeral, only lasts for a week. Oh, um, right. And of course, with the Nor'westers, mm. they blow quickly, but no, mm. the, it's, it will look lovely. Mm. And I must admit also, we have to say the Kofi. <clears throat> the Kofi are absolutely gorgeous at the moment. Right. My one in my garden is a mess of um, bees and a mess of Wax eyes. Oh wow! Just oh, nice. you know, hanging upside down, and it's probably the best year of flowers we've ever had. Oh wow! So it's it, quite lovely. Nice. Mm. I've mm. got one in the garden too, but it's not very big, so yeah. the bees and that haven't quite found it. I don't think. But yes, anyway. ours mm. seems to have gone mad. Oh, nice, anyway. nice. Yeah, which Some is things lovely. are flowering really well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Now today you're going to have a chat to um, Brad Lake, aren't you? Yes, I am. From the Brothers Green, he's has a store in Montreal Street. It, it's called Tapapa Store, where there's a lot of uh, he sells his edible hemp products and his other products too. And also talk to him about his philosophy for 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 his business. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Well, because he makes, they make the most beautiful linen or oh. fabric out of the hemp too. It's like beautiful fine linen. Is it? Okay. Mm. Right. Yeah, so, and when we've talked to um, Brad, mm. um, we're going to talk to Bill Martin from the Organic School down in um, at Lincoln. I want to find out you know, just what organics really means. Right. Yeah. That will be interesting. Mm, mm. Yes. Yes. And what you have to do to be organic. That's right. Whether we can really be organic or not. So that'll be interesting. Right. Yeah. It will. Yes. This morning we're talking with Brad Lake from the Brothers Green. Um, Brad has a store in in Montreal Street called the Tapapa Store where the there is hemp products that are sold, edible hemp products, skin care, plant-based protein and hemp clothing as well. Um, Brad, maybe you could tell us about how, I know I was, I was reading how you won the food starter competition in 2018 and that resulting in selling hemp bars in the supermarket. So um, maybe you could tell us, you know, what's been happening since then. Yeah, um, no, good morning. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think about, uh, it all started sort of about four years ago. So I was a, a rural banker uh, looking after a portfolio of clients up in North Canterbury. And uh, I I guess in my uh, 
in my in my early career in, in banking, I quickly came to realise that there's um, there can be a real lack of options, alternative options for farmers out there. And uh, when I first started, we were going through one of the worst droughts we had in 30 years. And on top of that, uh, it was a, it was the the just the start of the dairy downturn. So essentially, farmers were were paying for every kilo of milk solid they were producing. And and I guess coming out of Lincoln University, it very much surprised me that you know here we were, you know, supposed to be you know at the top of, you know, at the top of the world in regards to food production, food quality. But you know our farmers were really struggling, and and it sort of stimulated me to go and have a look at, at what what alternatives are out there. Really, you know, what else could they do to you know potentially diversify income? You know, we're, we're definitely going to be dealing with you know, and we already are dealing with. You know, climate change and and you know things heating up and and you know and, and diversity. I think is is the way in which we mitigate as much of that risk as possible. So, so I sort of started having a look around and 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 hemp just kept coming up as as something that not only could manage sort of the environmental um, pressures, uh, you know, around nitrates in our waterways and the use of of chemicals uh, on farmland and in our food. Uh, but it could also offer, you know, quite a wide variety of potential outputs. So, you know, the fact that you can use the entire plant from the roots to the stems to the leaf and flower right through to the seed, uh, you know, offers, you know, a, a huge variety mm-hmm. of options um, and, and potential markets. And, and that's what really attracted to me initially. And, you know, that's where I really wanted to start to, you know, explore, you know, what, what were the opportunities here with hemp in New Zealand and, and found out that there was some being grown down in Ashburton uh, and there was also... There was a, uh, a guy I'd met a couple of times down at Aikman's who was also selling hemp protein. Uh, for, and at that stage, uh, anything but hemp seed oil was illegal for humans, so it could only be sold um, as a pet food. And and so I got in touch with uh, I got in touch with um, Brendan, and uh, Brendan was a community pharmacist at that stage. He was uh, selling hemp protein. Uh, he'd been overseas to a conference and uh, and part of uh, you know. Uh, he'd done a nutritional um, medicine degree, and had discovered, you know, the, the, the benefit of, of consuming more plants, and, and particularly moving away from um, A1 dairy protein. So, you know, typically a lot, a lot of your protein powders on the market are, are produced uh, from whey, um, so the whey-based proteins, and and you know, for a lot of people. Uh, you know, either intolerant or, you know, you have lactose intolerant people or just um, it, it's, it's highly inflammatory. So, you know, he sort of wanted to offer an alternative option. There wasn't many other plant-based options um, coming out of New Zealand at that stage. You know, a lot of it's pea protein or rice protein um, blended and coming out of Asia and, and Europe. And and along my, along my journey, I was also uh, playing a bit of footy and uh, I managed to to uh, sustain um, a, shoulder, a couple of shoulder injuries which required surgery and you know I, ha- I ended up having to go, this, go through surgery and, and came out the back of that really battling uh, with the, the aftermath of anti-inflammatories, painkillers uh, and you know I, I typically like to be you know quite you know straight and, and, uh, and be clear of mind and you know, for the six weeks following the surgery, I was I was almost in, in, in a real drowsy state, just just with the anti-inflammatories and the, and the tramadols and the painkillers and things like that, and and I just really didn't enjoy the experience. That's quite a journey you had, isn't it? Oh, uh, it's a it's a real journey, and, it's, and it, it all makes sense. But but yeah, and and so leading into that surgery, I, I ended up agreeing to it, but I changed my diet completely, um, cut out all processed food, and 
and you know cut out um, dairy out of out of you know because I was still going to the gym and exercising and stuff as a protein source and and failed a million dollars and it turned out you know after surgery I wasn't on any um, um, painkillers or any anti-inflammatories and I was back at work sort of three or four days later and I never felt better. And it just really highlighted to me how important our diet is and, and how mm. important nutrition is. Yes. And and that's where really hemp can play a massive role. And, and Brendan being a community pharmacist, you know, the, the levels of obesity and and chronic disease in our communities, specifically our you know, our Maori and Pacific Island communities, it is really, really uh, troubling and, and it's gonna lead to significant, you know, long term effects for these people and, and not just for adults but also for the children. And we set up um, that first night we met and set up to about two in the morning talking about, you know, all the troubles we were facing in each of our industries and and had some kind of, uh, you know, grand vision that we could somehow make a change and, and do something uh, do something about it. And, yeah, we, we started with Beefy Green, which was just selling uh, hemp protein powder. And, and I guess along the way, we, you know, we started with our first brand, which is Beefy Green. And, and then we quickly realised that, you know, hemp has a lot to offer from a cosmetic perspective. Uh, so, you know, really good, really amazing uh, for dry skin. Uh, it's highly anti-inflammatory and it's also got a commodogenic rating of zero, which means it absorbs directly into the skin. It uh, doesn't sort of uh, stick around on the surface, and that just means it's actually hydrating and bringing those micronutrients into the places where it's needed. And so we struggled to sell our 250ml bottle of, of sort of uh, culinary oil uh, as, a, as a, you know, a daily, a daily night, uh, night uh, serum. Uh, so we, we shrunk that bottle down into, you know, sort of 50 mils and sold it for $10 more and uh, we started our skincare range and, and that's how Kawaka was born and and, and that's been a, it's been incredible. I mean, Brendan um, Brendan's a, a, a pharmacist and we've also got another pharmacist on board now, uh, Alicia, and, and both of those people, you know, very much science-based and evidence-based uh, research around how we, you know, how we include hemp in, in a range of skincare brands so uh, and, and uh, skincare products and and, and that's sort of where, where Kawaka's gone now. We've got sort of five products and and really not just as a cosmetic, this is, you know, this is designed for skincare. So how do we deal with, you know, the range of inflammatory skin conditions, psoriasis, eczema, dermatitis, uh, and because, you know, until you actually have a skin condition, you don't know just how, how tough and how debilitating it could be. All these things are available in your store, are they, Brad? Yes, ab- absolutely, yeah, available in our store and online. And... Uh, and yeah, so so over the last four years, we we we've, we had beefy green and um, and Kawaka. We then uh, we we wanted to wear hemp clothing, so hemp's an amazing uh, amazing textile mm. fabric. I mean, I'm sure everyone's aware of, of of you know hemp as a as a plumbing tool for for pipes and and for fittings, but but it's also an amazing textile. Um, I've, and, I've and seen fabric. your tea towels actually; they're fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and and it's been, and I think you know. New Zealand, you know, we used to have an amazing flax industry here, you know, in the early part of the 19th, you know, the, the 20th century and, uh, and you know, we did a lot of our own textiles and obviously we produced probably the most sustainable um, fabric in the world, textile in the world, which is wool. And, you know, it was, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we're already, we're already growing this plant for, for its seed, um, which is what we use uh, currently. And there's all this fibre being produced that, that we could also be, you know, producing our own clothing here but also blending it with you know crossbreed and merino wool 
um, which has sorry actually been to, done here in Christchurch. Sorry to interrupt. Um, sorry to interrupt, Brad, but we are we are running out a wee bit of time. But uh, <laughs> I do think. Uh, is it true that a lot of it's grown in Colverdon? Yes, yes. So we've uh, we start, set up our own processing facility up there at the start of 2019, and over the past two seasons, we've contracted about 200 hectares of hemp, um, which has all been processed up in our factory in Colden, and we take that from seed right through to the raw ingredients, which is your oil, your protein powders, and wow. your hemp hearts. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's amazing. And and so you're going to be talking in October at the CHS, hopefully, if we're all down back to level one. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing more about this then. Thank you very much for that. And, you know, definitely excited to uh, to spread the word and, and, and you know, uh, make people aware of it. Thank you very awesome. much Cheers. for your time today. Day. Thank you. This morning I'm talking to Bill Martin from the Organic School in Lincoln. Um, I'm not sure whether it's called the Organic School, Bill, or has it actually got a proper name, another name? Uh, Ray, the full title was the BHU Organic College. Yes. And um, just to give you a bit of background, we're a charitable trust that was formed in partnership with Lincoln University based on campus out at Lincoln. We run a 20-acre organic farm, which has been organic out there since 19... 76, and we do education, uh, hands-on training, which we've done now for 12 years, and we have a research arm which looks into um, farm-scale problems in the organic sector. Okay, now, so you're actually part of Lincoln University, or are you just sort of loosely attached to Lincoln University? Uh, We're our own entity, you know, we are a charitable trust, but we have governance in that we have two representatives from Lincoln University on our board of trustees. Originally, we were set up uh, as a partnership between the New Zealand Organic Movement and Lincoln University back in 2001. Oh, great. Well, I've always wondered quite how it fitted in out there, so that's wonderful. For people listening in, what exactly does organic gardening mean? Well, uh, maybe I'll just take a step back and talk about organics in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, there are, uh, I guess, some, there is some confusion out there. And I guess, um, to give you an example, you know, when I first got into organics a long time ago, now I saw it um, more from uh, the perspective that uh, you know you were substituting chemical fertilisers or chemical sprays of other types uh, with organic ones, but really what I came to realise and what uh, you know what organics is 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 uh, something much broader than that. And um, how I like to think of it now is that it's activity and it's, you know, it can be primary production but organics as a sector touches a whole range of industries so it could be hospitality, it could be education, it could be a whole range of things so it's activity really that considers uh, not just the economic bottom line, not just the environmental bottom line but also uh, these days the social bottom line and also considers cultural perspectives as well. So it's the sort of thing that people could um, practice at home as a holistic thing. So out of, you know, if we're thinking about home gardening, you know, getting back to your question, what falls out of those, that vision or those sort of broad principles are practices like, um, you know, trying to 
maintain or improve the soil. Um, right, yes. Using, you know, um, natural methods to manage fertility, like, you know, rock phosphate, ground-up phosphate rock instead of superphosphate, for one example. Yes. Uh, using uh, non-chemical methods of pest and disease management and weed control and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, getting back to those principles I was talking about, you know, a lot of it is about, you know, kaitiaki tanga, you know, guardianship. Yes. Leaving things, you know, as, at least as good as they were, if not trying to improve them. Yes, so that's really, um, I guess, tying in really well with things like making Christchurch a, a national park city and things like that. Yep, there's a lot of overlap with what we do with some of those initiatives, you know, um, things like the new Climate Action Campus that's proposed uh, for the Avon Red Zone, the mm. Bucky Bucks spearheading. Yes, we're quite lucky in Christchurch, aren't we, with all that activity going on? Yeah, well, I think there's been a, a real growth and awareness from you know, Christchurch people as a result of what we've been through, you know, through the earthquakes and more recently through the pandemic. And I think people have a more of an appreciation about uh, food and where it comes from for the environment. You know, everyone was in their backyards over lockdown, weren't they? Everyone's garden yeah, was great. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, You know, so I think as a result of that exposure, uh, you know, people, you know, local people do have a, a broader appreciation of what's important. That's right, and also not interfering too much with nature, but trying to work alongside nature to get things done. Yeah, no, that's right. You know, it's, I guess, emulating natural cycles um, mm. and, importantly, you know, reducing your footprint. Yeah. Now, you're going to be, um, your school or some of your um, people are going to be running some courses at the kiosk in the Botanic Gardens, aren't you, at the end of the month? Yeah, that's right. So we've been... Um, We've been working with Rachel Oliver at the yes. Sports Society to organise these. Yeah, so we've got, uh, what have we got here? We've got four night classes and a workshop coming up starting on the 23rd of September. Yeah, so that'll be fantastic because that'll be an introductory course, won't it? Yeah, that's right. So the, the whole programme involves four night classes, um, soil science, plant science, pest and disease, management and biodiversity uh, and permaculture and they all have a, a uh, sustainable flavour so you know um, yeah, absolutely yes the tutors that are taking those are from the organic college out at Lincoln our BH organic college mm -hmm. and then on the 17th of October which is a Sunday Bailey Perryman who's uh, one of our trustees and was also one of the founders of Cultivate Christchurch, mm. which is a social enterprise that incorporates organic growing. Uh, he's going to run a composting workshop. Oh, that's really... Uh, so many people ask me how to do a, a compost heap. So I think that'll be a very, very popular thing for people to learn. Yeah, well, that's right. So Bailey's, he, you know, he's, he'll be great. He was, he's been involved in an urban composting project when he was with Cultivate and more recently uh, in a community composting project in Christchurch here. So, um, you know, I think that'll be a really fun day. Mm. Oh, I can imagine people having, you know, learning heaps that day, but also, as you say, it'll be a fun day. Um, so uh, 
are the Canterbury Horticultural Society and the Organic School getting a little bit closer together and getting things organised, or is this just a one-off thing? Uh, well, you know, I think it could be the start of something, Ray. I mean, interestingly, I think, uh, you know, just uh, reflecting on the Canterbury Hort Society as an organisation and the BHU, you know, we're both organisations that have been around for some time now, and it's important that we stay relevant and, you know, that we're engaged with the community, you know, particularly the younger generation. So I think this is a good opportunity by combining the two organisations together to, to, you know, try and do that. Yeah, I think it's fantastic and I think you're quite right that it's no, I mean, you've been around quite a long time and we've been around 160 years this year. So, you know, um, all these things are, uh, are relevant to us both, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think the younger generations are, you know, they're interested in in sustainability, for want of a better word. Yes. And it's something that we that we do. And, you know, hopefully by combining with the CHS, you know, it will attract some younger members or some interest from the younger generations yeah. to the CHS. Yeah. yeah. I think we've both got the same aims in mind, that's for sure. Well, yeah. Bill, I think we're just about out of time now. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this, this um, the course is starting. And it'll be lovely to see um, what reaction we get. It'll be fantastic. So thank you very much. Thanks, Ray, for the opportunity. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to working with the CHS. Yes, wonderful. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, Lorraine, they were two interesting gentlemen today, weren't they? They were very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Quite passionate about both there. Yes, yeah, yes. Things, so. Good to learn more about both the hemp and the organic garden, and well, the composting, you know, all that in the courses. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds really good. It does. Mm-hmm. Now, just because we haven't got much time, I just have to warn people, I know we're getting excited because the weather has turned into such beautiful, warm weather, but don't forget, last year we got some very late frosts and we all ended up losing quite a lot of good produce. So just... Keep your eye on the weather forecast. Mm. If you can see the temperature dropping down, get something out over. Even if it's just a piece of newspaper, just cover your poor little plants, won't you? And I guess the other thing is the potatoes. Yes. If you want potatoes for Christmas, you should be having them chitting now. Oh, that means okay. you should mm. be chitting them. That means sprouting them in, in the cupboard yeah. and then getting them in the garden by the end of September because most of the new ones, Jersey Benny, Cliff Kinney's, they're sort of 80, 90-day potatoes. So if you want them for Christmas Day, you need them in the garden by the 25th of September. Right. I'll put some... Um Blood and bone in, in in the garden, ready to stick them in soon. So yeah, yeah. if you've been chitting them in the, in oh, the well, they've been chitting themselves actually. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you use. Yeah. yeah, they're very good at doing that, aren't they? Yeah. Just in the in the cupboard under the in the in the wash house. <laughs> oh, good. Well, that's wonderful because that gives them a good start, doesn't yeah. it? Um, and the daffodils are all out, so oh. we've got the lovely cherry yellow around the town as well. So yes. that's great. So. And it's lovely to have some in the garden of. Uh, yeah. Bring, bringing them in in the vase and just and they're smelling so divine at the moment. Yes, well, some yeah. of them, of course, are scented and oh, some aren't. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, so you've maybe got scented I've got ones, the scented, obviously. The yeah. frilly ones, they're really nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Oh well, if anybody listening needs to know anything more about the um, the 
Green Brothers or about the organics courses, you could ring into Plains FM on 365-7997. That's 365-7997. Or email to info at plainsfm.org.nz. And I guess we'll be around next month again. Yes, hopefully back to level one. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Bye, Lorraine. Okay, bye, Ray. (laughs) 